to all of our listeners. This is Professor David Block, and a very, very warm welcome to you. Our usual Tuesday slot, 2 p.m. to 3 p.m., entitled Looking Up with Professor David Block. Today our topic is one which is going to be, in a sense, looking down as well as looking up. In other words, we'll be looking at a certain partition of our country, and in that, in those demographics, we'll be looking down, and then we'll be looking up towards the grandeur and the splendor of uh, purpose and meaning in our uh, lives and in our being. But the multitude of our listeners are undoubtedly aged 25 and under, I would estimate, and it is terribly important for the youth of our country to be aware of some of the key challenges which uh, face them. What should a young person of today, of tomorrow, in South Africa, or whether you're streaming in from Chicago or from Alaska, what should, what lessons can the world learn from the youth of South Africa, given that uh, our uh, former beloved President Nelson Mandela, too, was a youth, and in his youthful phases, actually fashioned and formed his entire focus and life's ambition. And that was undoubtedly, of course, to give everyone uh, human dignity, human purpose, and equal rights. And so I've been racking my brain, as it were, as to whom I might invite in studio here at Gareth Cliff uh, to to specifically, who is a youth himself and uh, a member of the youth himself and uh, someone who has got tremendous insight into the needs and the aspirations and the dreams of our youth of today. Just before I introduce our special guest, you're listening to Professor David Block at Looking Up with David Block. Please remember that you can reach us in studio on this number, 0861-555-189. The studio line is zero eight six one triple five one eight nine. On Twitter you can reach us at cliffcentral.com. The WeChat official account is Cliff Central. On Facebook, Cliff Central. And on Instagram, Cliff Central. I would warmly invite you to follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Starry Galaxy Man. S for Sugar, T for Tommy, A-R-R-Y, Starry, and then Galaxy Man, all one word. At Starry, Galaxy Man. Please do follow me on Twitter as we share thoughts one to another. While on Facebook, you can always reach me 
on the webpage www.davidblockoneword.co.za. I have in the Ravonia studios at cliffcentral.com a special guest uh, today, and he is in fact the president of the SRC at the University of the Vatersrand in Johannesburg. Uh, his name is Shafi Varachia, and uh, I've been observing Shafi over some years now, and I felt that I couldn't think of any more, anyone more suitable and more ably qualified to specifically focus on the youth of South Africa and lessons which the world might glean from the youth of South Africa than uh, Shafi Varachia. Shafi, a very, very, very warm welcome to you at cliffcentral.com. Thanks, Prof, and thanks for having me on the show. It's a great, great joy, and it's a great pleasure. Shafi, please just lead us gently down a road of uh, your studies, and then finally, how you felt the moment you heard you were elected the president of the ERSOC of one of South Africa's most prestigious universities. Prof, I would like to say that it is South Africa's most prestigious university, not one of. Um, but I'm also an actuarial science graduate of the university, which makes me a political mathematician or mathematical politician in, in some ways. But essentially, I'm just uh, a young man with a dream and ambition, Wonderful. and that is to make society a better place. And being on the SRC is one of the avenues in which we, uh, which I've been given the opportunity to do that. So how I was when, how I felt when I was elected, very excited, but also no, nervous, knowing that it's, it's a big task, that is one filled with responsibility to could carry. You, could you delineate some of the responsibilities? I mean, we think of someone, for example, in Atlanta, Georgia, listening in today via global streaming. And uh, Shafi, they obviously thinking, what does the president of the uh, Student Representative Council uh, actually do? What are what is what are his mandates? What does he do on a day-to-day basis? And then also in terms of, for example, graduations and so forth. Could you lead us gently through those questions, please? So essentially. Being the president of the SRC means that I'm the first student of of it. So any decision which the university takes, they have to consult the students and I'm the student that they they consult, whether it be with budgets or fee increases. Wonderful. So that's what we do in Mm -hmm. terms of consulting um, and being involved in decision-making with Mm -hmm. the university. Mm -hmm. The second part is to act as almost a student grievances officer. So we have many situations during the year where we have students from poor backgrounds who are struggling to get meals, who are sleeping in libraries, and we actively mm. try to give them solutions to their problems and to give them a proper opportunity to succeed at graduating at one of the country's best universities. How does it actually feel being the student to whom other students would come and, for example, lay their grievances? Uh, how does it actually feel and what routes do you then take if someone has a legitimate grievance, does it eventually ever reach uh, the desk of the vice-chancellor, or are these grievances usually resolved at a much lower level, Shafi? So, we assure our students that we'll leave no stone unturned 
yes. to deal with the problems. And if that means going up to the Vice Chancellor, Professor Adam Habib, or the levels below him, yes. we, we do that. And we make sure that the students are given the, the opportunity um, and they have their problems resolved. Unfortunately, we don't resolve all of the problems. And that's probably one of the, the most hurtful things that, that you can do being on the SRC is having a student with a legitimate problem but not being able to source funding or whatever else that they may need to succeed. It must be quite uh, daunting for you uh, to try and resolve grievances which are not met. But could you relate some of the success stories without divulging, of course, any names, but some of the sort of success stories which you feel have really been achieved during your tenure as SRC president at WITS. So we have a 75% success rate of bringing back academically excluded students. So students who did not perform well academically owing to reasons which aren't academic. Yes. Um, we've uh, brought a lot of them and given them a second chance. We've raised over half a million rand for our SRC humanitarian fund, which is a awesome. bailout fund for students. Prof, mm-hmm. if you have some money mm-hmm. for our fund, we'd appreciate Good. it as well. Yes. Um, we've also... Now, just let, let's just hold on there for a second. If one of our listeners, or listeners via global streaming, wish to give to this incredible cause uh, of assisting the entire uh, SRC office, how would they actually, how would someone in South Africa and someone abroad actually go about doing, uh, making a little donation to uplift? the incredible stars and leaders of tomorrow at WITS. So we have an online donation portal. Please give us the so details. We, we'll tweet the link to at Cliff Central and we hope okay. that you guys could retweet it. So the link follows. will be tweeted uh, to us here at Cliff Central. So in other words, uh, that is quite amazing that you've been able to help 75% of students who were excluded. And again, I stress, not for academic reasons, but to see them come back. How have these students actually performed, Shafi, uh, upon re-entering the university? So we make sure that we don't just give the students a second chance and leave them at that. We have proper programs and monitoring programs so that we look at their progress during the year. And so far, we, we're satisfied with what's happened in the June exam results, and we're hoping we could get a large cohort of those students to graduate. One of the issues which I'd like to spend quite a few minutes discussing and focusing on are you're a young South African and clearly uh, there are many challenges which face you, which didn't face me. You live in an entirely different world, Shafi, to the world in which I grew up in. Uh, There are, I believe, Perhaps the world now is far more stressful than the world in which I grew up in, you know, Shafi, where I could run around in the garden and uh, sit on a swing and so forth. You don't often see that in today's world. You see people on their berries and iPhones and so forth. So I'd love you to walk us through, Shafi, uh, some of the challenges. Before you do that, you are listening to the president of the SRC, the uh, Students' Representative Council at Wits University, uh, my beloved university, which I've been addicted to, if you like, not only devoted but committed to and addicted to for the last 30 years, having joined Wits 
Apart from trying to get as many Twitter followers and <laughs> Instagram followers, there's many things which are affecting the youth at, at the moment. And unfortunately, as a generation, we haven't found our common cause and our common struggle. Interesting. You, you spoke about uh, your day and yes. the, the, the youth of, of 76, the youth yes. of, of the 80s yes. had the the common enemy, if you will, and that yes. was and that was apartheid and, and, and inequality. That's right. Whereas today we don't have that one singular problem, but no. we have multi multiple facets mm-hmm. and multiple problems, and they range from things like poverty, um, access to healthcare and, ed- and education. And I'd like to address those three as the primary Please. ones, which are affecting us as mm-hmm. young South Africans. When we look at poverty and defining poverty, I think that the Gini coefficient, which is the measure of disparity between the wealthy and not so wealthy yes. a perfect referencing point, not because it's a good statistical measure, but it gives us a good understanding into the gap between rich and poor. Yes. And in South Africa, the levels that we've reached, that we've reached with the Gini coefficient, anywhere else in the world would inspire a social up- uprising. Mm. Um, and, that, and that's very interesting. Mm. And what does that mean to the youth? What does it mean that we have a big income inequality? And wealth disparity And that's one of the challenges that is facing the youth And more importantly, how do we address this? How do we address poverty and and inequality? And to do that, we are in the knowledge-based economy now The wealth of a nation is no more in its mineral resources um, Which is perceived by, by some of our politicians The wealth of a country is now in its intellectual capital uh-huh. And... As young people, we need to realize the potential of our intellectual capital. And to do that, we need to address the crisis of education in South Africa. Education is not just, the problem of education is not just about um, primary schools which don't have uh, furniture and and electricity Mm -hmm. and infrastructure. There's also a problem at tertiary education. We've seen just this week at a university in South Africa that um, part of the infrastructure is being burnt at the, TU, at the Chwane University of Technology. Some of the big holes are being um, are being burnt down. So the problem with education is affecting us as South Africa right from the beginning at primary school till tertiary education. Mm-hmm. And how do we address that? Because when someone gets access to education, they have the potential to uplift themselves, mm-hmm. to uplift their families, and more importantly, to uplift their communities. Mm-hmm. But the problem is our education system at the moment is not sufficiently assisting in that regard. Mm-hmm. So some of the problems we also have is the access to tertiary education, which is the sector that I find myself in. Mm-hmm. We have so many students who are capable of succeeding at a university. Unfortunately, they do not have the necessary funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and as young people, we need to ensure that we put more pressure on, on the government to leverage whatever... Um, money there is available to channel towards growing the economy and you can only do that through producing more graduates we also need to leverage uh, our third stream income and that is companies we need to have more of the big companies in South Africa which have a socially conscious um, investment into education Mm -hmm. and I think finally the problem with education is not solely 
money. Mm-hmm. There's more that needs to be done. And young people suffer from things like a lack of mentors, a lack of heroes in, in that sector. So um, I look to the big companies that you can't just throw money at the problem. Mm-hmm. And expect it to, mm-hmm. to, to clear up mm-hmm. There's more that can and should be done By all, all sectors of South African society mm-hmm. I then also speak about some of the secondary challenges mm-hmm. which, which affect us Good, um, please. Things like we have a mass infrastructure backlog We also have a slowing, econom- a slowing economic growth mm-hmm. and, and that is a challenge um, We mm-hmm. also have issues around transformation and inclusivity um, which 20 years after democracy, those conversations still need to take place in a manner in which we can fully address mm. Um, mm. issues of transformation. Mm. So those are all challenges which mm. face uh, young South Africans. Mm. But um, like I said, the problem as well, which perhaps po- speaks a bit into the apathy of young people, mm-hmm. is that all of the problems, young people aren't sold on them collectively. And you'll have some individuals who are worried about a specific area. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we, we struggle as young people to mobilize young people into addressing some of these these issues. Because at the moment we find that if something doesn't affect a young person, they're not willing to to put the sacrifices in mm-hmm. to uh, deal with those problems. Just to tease out one of the issues you've raised, you know, of course, as I've mentioned, I've been at WITS a long time now. I was a student at WITS in the early 70s, Shafi, as you know. And uh, as you say, we had one common focus at that time, one common enemy at that time. Now, you've mentioned the uh, quest of transformation. And I know Professor Habib has uh, given this, um, has been uppermost in his mind. But uh, what challenges would you say a university like uh, WITS would still face? What challenges do you as a person see with, which still need to be met, which still need to be met uh, 20 years down the line of that momentous occasion when Nelson Mandela became president of our country? So I think that one of the problems we face at, um, at, at our university is that we attract a lot of high potential students. And there should be no reason why any of those students do not graduate. Mm-hmm. And when we look at those um, reasons why students don't graduate, they are societal problems. They are access to things like uh, the internet. They are things like access to textbooks. Mm-hmm. They are things like access to mentors. And when you look at how we can address those challenges, um, unfortunately, a university alone cannot do that. And that's where WITS needs to understand its role as part of society, as one of the stakeholders in society. And to do that, we need to leverage all of the potential that we have to get all stakeholders involved, to understand that to deal with the problems at WITS University, it's the area which WITS finds itself in, it's Joburg, it's Gauteng, it's South Africa. It's WITSes throughout the world who have a responsibility to ensure that young people at WITS are given the best possible opportunity to graduate. You are listening to Shafi Varachia, the president of the SRC at the University of the Department. I am Professor David Block. You are most welcome to reach us on the studio number 0861-555-189. That's 0861-555-189. The Twitter handle is at cliffcentral.com. 
The WeChat official account is Cliff Central. On Facebook, Cliff Central. On Instagram, at Cliff Central. We'll be taking a break, little music break now. Sit back and think of your life. Sit back at, with you, perhaps in the youthful phase of your life. Sit back and reflect upon the challenges facing you in uh, the United States, facing you in South Africa. Think of the challenges. Call us. Phone us. Send us a little message on WeChat or Facebook. This is Professor David Block looking up in wonder.
A name on the night sky. Who, oh who, will place a name on the starry skies above? Just before we continue with our SRC president, Shafi Varachia, about youth and the future and the challenges and so forth, I, of course, had the privilege of teaching uh, my beloved course, uh, Mechanics and Astronomy, to Shafi uh, several years ago, and uh, Shafi and I were just recalling off air how uh, he still remembers me taking him to the Witz Planetarium, which is one of the most amazing experiences one can really have, and looking up at the stars. In broad daylight, going into the planetarium, lights going off, suddenly the starry vaults the starry vaults of the Via Lactea, the Milky Way, dazzled down and almost uh, mystified uh, our precious CAM1 students. CAM being the School of Computational and Applied Mathematics, led by, led so ably by Professor Ibrahim Mamoniat, whom I also had the privilege of mentoring and of tutoring. Now, Shafi, when you sat in the Johannesburg Planetarium on campus and the stars suddenly blazed forth in all their glory and splendor, what thoughts raced through your head? How did you feel? Um, firstly, Prof, I think it's best that we don't discuss my academic performance in your course. Uh, I to want to say how did you feel? Integrity. Yes. But um, when you look at the stars, there's, there's a few things which you realize. And the first is you realize the insignificance yes. and how small the human yes. being actually is. Yes. But you also realize the power of the human mind. Wonderful. That as, as small as we are can study things which are light years away mm-hmm. and can observe their beauty. Mm-hmm. And I think the most significant thing which you walk out of that experience is of humility. Wonderful. And I think that's what is perhaps... Lacking not only amongst our youth, but you see this so beautifully portrayed in the life of Nelson Mandela is his great, 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 I repeat that three times, sense of humility and his extension of dignity to us all. Now, Shafi, as you know, I am privileged to lecture to hundreds of students on a given day. I normally meet about 250 students uh, per lecture session. And uh, there is something which I wish to ask you as uh, our SRC president, and I think this affects universities throughout this country, but also globally, and that's one of apathy. I think that we're starting to see that I'm not sure whether we could blame technology on this, but we're starting to see uh, many South Africans, young South Africans, become very lazy, to use my terminology way back in the 1970s. Uh, maybe uh, the vast amount of data, um, you know, which you can just freely download on Google and elsewhere, does make one uh, mentally apathetic and lazy. But what can you elucidate? First of all, do you agree with me that apathy has really crept up upon us? And secondly, 
Uh, are there certain factors uh, which you could perhaps elucidate which perhaps have led to the sense of apathy in our beloved country? So, um, I think apathy is a big problem that we face as, as South Africans. And we just look at the recent um, elections which took place this year and the percentage of voters in the, the young bracket yes. to see the levels of apathy among young people. And there's a few reasons for this, which, which I'll speak about. Please do. Um, and the first one, I perhaps want to be highly critical of the generations above us, mm-hmm. is that as young people, we were not taught the value of democracy. Mm-hmm. And we were not taught about what sacrifices were put in place and people laying that down their lives and what mm-hmm. that means for us as young mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. We just now take it for granted. And it's almost cliched that there was apartheid and that we are now free. Mm-hmm. We don't realize the true value of democracy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an ideological concept, but practically it, it means very little. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as well that young people have become more and more selfish. And this speaks to That's interesting. this speaks to South African society as well. We see that people in society have also become more and more selfish, and we see that with the misappropriation of state funds. We also mm-hmm. see that in the collusion which takes which took place in the construction sector in the big private mm-hmm. sector. We've seen a, a wide range of various stakeholders in South African society become selfish, mm-hmm. and as young people, the people we look up to have that quite uh, that human trait of being selfish mm-hmm. and that's something which we try to relate to mm-hmm. um, and I'll give you examples please do if at the university the student sitting to my left has not had a meal for three days and is sleeping at the library at the university mm-hmm. but if I'm on a bursary or if I'm self-funded and I'm driving from my air-conditioned house mm-hmm. in my air-conditioned car the biggest problem I have is finding parking on campus. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about the student mm-hmm. sitting to my left or right. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is what what success or what's the value of success if it's individual success? Personally, I find that success is best uh, when, when it's shared. And mm-hmm. how would you feel as an individual if you carried the people in your lectures because of the resources that you have Mm-hmm. You've given others a chance to succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something which which we've lost mm-hmm. in that we try to perceive success as being only about me. Mm-hmm. And I think this ties into the spirit of Ubuntu, mm-hmm. which is one of the big um, ethical reference points mm-hmm. which South Africans like to, to use mm-hmm. and to cite in, in that I am, I am because of who we are. Mm-hmm. Ubuntu, mm-hmm. Ubuntu, Ubuntu. Now... Does that mean anything to young people? Mm. I am because of who we are. Mm. Who we are speaks to society. Mm. It speaks to your community. Mm. But unfortunately, it's only about me. Mm. It's only about me. And mm. that's why we, we, we almost in, in a crisis and in a cul-de-sac in, in some ways in that young people are just worried about, about me. Not mm-hmm. all young people. Perhaps I'm critical of, of my own generation too much. Mm-hmm. But, um, Getting back to the question, I think mm-hmm. apathy is, is the big problem mm-hmm. because we don't have those common fights mm-hmm. like apartheid was 30 yeah. years ago. Yes. We don't realize the value of, yes. of democracy and we, we're quite selfish. Yes. Does it therefore concern you, uh, as it does me and some of my guests, uh, when uh, one sees uh, certain leaders uh, globally and in South Africa uh, enriching their own pockets, uh, while and the streets having potholes everywhere, 
zero electricity, zero running water, and yet are driving in these incredibly expensive four by fours. How does a student, how does a young student feel? Well, you know, if you, for example, say the other day I was privileged to be with my wife Liz in Soweto, and I'm just wondering how a young Sowetan feels living perhaps in the eastern part of Soweto or in Dipkloof or so forth. And, uh, you know, alongside comes a politician driving uh, one of the most expensive cars available and there's, this person has no running water. Do you feel these students feel terribly frustrated? So, Prof, it, it angers me. In December of every year as the SRC, we have students who cry for 5,000 rand yes. or 2,000 rand or 3,000 yes. rand. Because that's what's stopping them from graduating My or word. stopping them from progressing yes. to the next year of study. Amazing. Now, it does anger you when you see money being stolen. Stolen uh, is the word, yes. Um, but I think as well, Prof, that the, there's two problems we have. And it's, and it's a bit naive for us to just look at the public sector when we talk of corruption. Yes. Corruption has now become a societal problem in yes, South Africa. True. And we have people who... Who buy fake DVDs? Or absolutely, you are absolutely who, who right. Who bribe police officers mm-hmm. when they've broken mm-hmm. a, a, a traffic law? I've seen that myself. And then they want to then criticize when millions has been stolen. So yes, on on the the absolute number of what's being stolen, the public sector is horrendous. Mm-hmm. But the only time we can start saying we're going to address corruption is when every single South African. And in societies around the world, takes a morally conscious decision. Yes, absolutely. That I am not going to be corrupt. Mm. And corruption's as small as a 50 rand bribe to get out of a 500 rand traffic mm. fine to uh, the millions and billions of rands we see in, in the public sector. Yes. So as young people, it does make, make yes. us extremely angry. When I can imagine that. that when the amount is, say, 2,000 rand, uh, you know, $200 more or less, and... Uh, a student can't graduate and their entire future is at stake because they cannot raise $200 to graduate and to enter the, um, the roads before them. Uh, it is a great tragedy. Uh, and you're perfectly correct, Shafi, is that uh, it, the actual amounts are all relative. Corruption is corruption at whatever rank uh, one experiences it at. But somehow... When I taught at the University of Fort Hare in the early 1980s, students, many of them, several of them anyway, several of them, reminded me of Martin Luther King, uh, people with backbone, people with strength, people with uh, morality, people filled with a dream. Think of Martin Luther himself saying, I have a dream. And it's... It strikes me that not too many people in my class would stand up and say, I have a dream. Somehow, people in a sense, I think, feel robbed. What do you think, Sean? I think that, yes, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful analogy to speak about people like Martin Luther King and feeling robbed. But I think as well, this speaks to a deeper issue which plagues young people yes. at the moment, and that yes. is the lack of heroes 
that young people Interesting. have. You speak about uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. And his story is phenomenal. Yes. But as young yes. South Africans and young people other, in other places of the world, can we relate to it? And you speak of, of leaders in, the, in that caliber. You speak of your Malcolm X, your Gandhis, your Mandela's, Absolutely. your mm-hmm. Mother Teresa's. Mm-hmm. There's very little which young people feel that they can relate to people of that stature. Mm-hmm. And then we look as young people who are our heroes, mm-hmm. and we thought it's Oscar Pistorius. That's true. Um, That's true. We, we thought it's some of our politicians. Yeah. Yep. We yep. thought it's yep. the CEO of the construction yep. companies, yes. like I said. Yes. We think it's our sportsmen yes. when we find them on yes. scandals with drugs and yes. alcohol on, on yes. Friday. Yes. We, as young people, there's a severe lack of heroes. How interesting. And I think, unfortunately. Um, the young people who have amazing stories to tell, mm. their stories are not being told. Mm. Um, as South Africa, we have someone like um, Siabulela Kuza, mm. who's um, discovered the fuel-efficient rocket fuel, yes, which, which yes. NASA is using. Exactly. Um, Michelle Obama calls her, or says that he's the type of young person that every American should, every, every young American should strive to mm-hmm. be. But as South Africans, mm-hmm. we haven't taken hold of him mm-hmm. and made him our hero. Mm-hmm. So there are heroes out there, mm-hmm. but they're not being sold to young people, mm-hmm. number one. And number two, the ones who are, you can very, very consciously question the moral compass mm-hmm. and whether you want to aspire to be mm-hmm. like people mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one of the issues which is affecting young people mm-hmm. is who are our heroes. Mm-hmm. And every time we find a hero, they let us down. I think that that was one of the very rare qualities of Nelson Mandela is he really did not let us down. But uh, the more carefully one probes into the lives of one's heroes, uh, we realize that all of us being human beings are but feet of, have but feet of clay. You're listening to Professor David Block. I have the privilege this afternoon here in Ravonia, cliffcentral.com, of interviewing Shafi Varachia, our WITS SRC president, and we're concentrating on some key crucial issues involving your life and mine. You can reach us at studio on 0861-555-189. That's 0861-555-189. At Twitter at cliffcentral.com. At WeChat, Cliff Central, Facebook, Cliff Central, and on Instagram, at Cliff Central. We're going to take another little break with Enya now. While you ponder questions to ask us via the screen, via WeChat, or via phone, regarding you, the person you, with your dreams, with your aspirations, with your longings, this is Professor David Block.
This is Professor David Block, and I have the honor and privilege of interviewing in studio today, live, uh, Shafi Varachia. I have watched Shafi as a young student in our um, School of Computational and Applied Mathematics, and I've then watched him very carefully as the president of the SRC, and I've been very impressed sitting at graduations and uh, listening to thoughts which he shares to the graduates of tomorrow, the leaders of tomorrow. And Shafi, you touched on a very important point, and that is the lack of leaders. And I find that uh, very alarming, but of course very, very true, is that uh, perhaps money enters in uh, and heroes are uh, often fake heroes. One thinks of the gentleman who is winning all these races, the cyclists, as cyclists in France and elsewhere, and, uh, you know, who is using stimulants and so forth. So, yes, I suppose that for the youth of today, there is a dearth, a real a real dearth of uh, heroes. But, of course, um, as you know, I was privileged to meet Nelson Mandela several times, and he uh, named our twin boys, as you know, in Conquesi, and Katile. And uh, I believe that through your eyes, we can learn something very important as what does Nelson Mandela and his legacy actually mean to young South Africans as we live out our dreams and our aspirations? What does he and his legacy mean to us and to you in our daily lives? So, the Nelson Mandela story and the, the narrative around Nelson Mandela is is something which, as young people, we need to own, to yes. appreciate that he's one yes. of our heroes. Yes. But, and, and I use the term one of our heroes because yes. Nelson Mandela always spoke about the collective Absolutely. and the people who he was in jail with. You, you speak of the Sisulus, the Katradas, the other people who led, he led with, Tambos, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Helen Sussmans of the mm-hmm. world, George Bezos and to, others, uh, yes. a Vitz graduate, George mm-hmm. Bezos. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. in that, we also then appreciate that the Nelson Mandela story is not just about Nelson Mandela. No, it's about the community yes. and his peers, yes. and that's something which we need to take out of of the, of that of, of him of his story as well. What mm-hmm. we learn from him, I think, as well that in appreciating Nelson Mandela as young people, we need to look at the young Nelson Mandela. Yes. Not the Nelson Mandela that came out of jail, but the Nelson Mandela that before mm-hmm. going into jail mm-hmm. and before that. Mm-hmm. And we know many of his uh, famous statements about fighting for, for, for democracy mm-hmm. um, um, on, at the Ravonia trial. And we also know about the young fighter, the firebrand. And we need to take that as young people. Yes, it's naive for us to say that we'll spend 27 years in jail mm. because circumstances dictate otherwise. But what the Nelson Mandela story and the legacy is, he's given us a solid platform. Mm-hmm. And I think the beauty of Nelson Mandela is that we've lost Nelson Mandela as South Africa. But the beauty of Nelson Mandela is that he left a bit of Madiba magic in mm-hmm. every single young South African. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's up to us as young South Africans to harness the potential of that mm-hmm. Madiba magic. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we'll reach the South Africa and the world that Nelson Mandela dreamed of. Mm-hmm. But to do that, we need to appreciate the Nelson Mandela holistically. Mm-hmm. The young rebel mm-hmm. who took up arms mm-hmm. and the Nelson Mandela who 
came out preaching peace. Mm-hmm. The Nelson Mandela who said that he's not a saint but a sinner who kept on, on trying. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. To appreciate that it's okay to make mistakes. Yes. But when you make a mistake, to apologize. Yes. And to start afresh. Yes. And good. I think those are some of the things which we learn from Nelson Mandela. Yes. And in that we also learn about the value of education. Mm-hmm. The degrees that he got mm-hmm. before and being Very on Robben Island. Yes. We also realize the value of our youth. Nelson Mandela speaks about going 25 years of the 27 without seeing a baby or a young person. Yes, not touching them, not feeling their skin, and not kissing them. And that hurt him. Mm-hmm. And we need to look at what kind of protection are we giving our young people. Is South Africa a safe space for them? We Weekly we read about child rapes and child murders and all of those things. Is that the South Africa that Nelson Mandela dreamed of? Mm-hmm. So we need to appreciate that, yes... Nelson Mandela's struggle was for democracy. Mm. So there are things which are different, but mm. there are lessons which we can draw from mm. the beauty of mm. the man mm. and his leadership style and mm. his charisma and everything else that made up mm. Nelson Mandela, which mm. we can take forward. Mm. So that when we've spoken about as Madiba, as the Madiba kids, mm. as Madiba's generation, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's not just a name, that there's mm. qualities of Nelson Mandela which we inculcate into mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, Shafi, and this is really true and a very good point is that Nelson Mandela never used the word I but we uh, over and over and over again and so yes he did always regard himself not as just the man but as part of the team now taking that in a very practical sense to leadership in South Africa and leadership abroad I find that again teamwork is often being eroded somehow people don't collectively fit into a team like they might have done 20 years ago or 30 or 40 years ago working as a team to do a b or c somehow in many instances entrepreneurship has become very individualistic rather than uh, teamwork i believe and i'm of the opinion certainly that in education in moving the research frontiers to new domains we need to think like Nelson Mandela thought, and that is teamwork, not being selfish, but to share our ideas, our aspirations, and our dreams with others. How would you respond to that uh, answer, Shafi? So I think that's a, a very valid criticism in that today the individual seems to outweigh the team. Yes. Um, and I think the, the best practical example we can look at about this is the recently concluded um, Soccer World Cup. Yes. Um, Germany were the team. Yes. They had no individual yes. stars. They Very didn't have good. a Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo, mm-hmm. but they were the, the team. And Absolutely. through that, you can realize the value of teamwork. Mm-hmm. And you can see it elsewhere mm-hmm. in companies which are succeeding. Mm-hmm. You can't put one name to the success. No. In universities, in research areas, which are ma- which is making progress, mm. it's very difficult to put one name mm-hmm. To, uh, mm-hmm. to the success. Mm-hmm. But it's the collective, mm-hmm. and we need to start appreciating that. Is that we can only succeed once we collectively succeed, mm-hmm. and it's the collective which needs to outweigh all of the individual ambitions, which mm-hmm. currently is what's driving many many South Africans. So, how would you practically implement? This might be a curveball question, but I. How do you get people who are perhaps all very enthusiastic to be the messes of tomorrow, not necessarily in soccer, but you you catch the drift, as my students would say, um, you know, to understand 
the incredible lessons of uh, the team, the workmanship, you know, the sitting with the Sisulus, the sitting, you know, listening to others, um, uh, hearing their opinions, uh, not just being me, but being part of a team whose dream is A, B, or C. How, what message would you have for young South Africans to strengthen the team link, as it were? So, I think we need to go back to Nelson Mandela. At the Ravonia trial, there's the, the famous statement he makes from the doc, which says, I fought against uh, white domination and I fought against black domination. Yes. I've cherished the Good. ideal. Yes. Um, and you know the quote, it's quite famous, but. Yes. When we speak to people who are still alive, George Bezos, Ahmed Kathrada from that generation, Mm -hmm. they said that was not just Nelson Mandela. That statement took hours of preparation from the team. How interesting. And I think that's another example. Yes, there is a face, which was Nelson Mandela who said that. But in that, he had the guidance of the Mm Sisulus, of the Kathradas. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, we need to realize that there are certain things which necessitate that there's an individual at the forefront. But Mm -hmm. he's only as good as the team behind him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, we're making the mistake that our leaders are taking too many steps ahead of the, the people they're leading. Yeah. And when they look back, yeah. that th- there's no one behind them because everyone's drifted off. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something which we can still learn from Nelson Mandela, that yes, sometimes certain things will necessitate that there's an individual, but that individual will need to be made up of countless hours of consultation of getting opinions from many different people mm. so that he can go into that, that space and represent all of those different views and opinions. One thing that has really very much impressed me at our university is how accessible the Vice-Chancellor is. In other words, he comes down to the Great Hall and if you've got any questions to fire at Professor Habib, he's right there willing to listen and hear you out and to answer you. This is part of team building and I sincerely believe that without that, one fails, and one fails dismally. But uh, teamwork, I almost look at it as a comrade's race, as it were, the comrades, or as, you know, passing the torch, the Olympian torch, Shafi, one to another, is that everybody's running. You know, as a member of the youth today, everybody's running. Or if you take a professor like myself, age 60, we're also in a race But one doesn't want to regard oneself as being alone in the race. It's just so wonderful to sit and work with people at our university and with my collaborators around the world and to know the value of teamwork because it's not just one person's knowledge that's counting, but it's collective. And I sincerely trust that that will be inculcated in the minds of our leaders of tomorrow. In the closing couple of minutes, Shafi, I'd like us to turn our attention, if I may, to, um, you know, as a young South African, and these are the majority of our listeners today on cliffcentral.com, you know, what does it mean to be a young South African, not from the South African perspective, but what does it mean to be a young South African in the global community, in the global sense? of the word I think before us as young South Africans can talk about what we can do for the global community we need to take a step back and think about what the global community did for us and in that I speak about young people throughout the late 1980s the early 1990s students in the USA in Norway in the UK who protested against apartheid Mm -hmm. and in that we appreciate that 
Like the spirit of Ubuntu tells us that we are part of a bigger community. And today we find ourselves in the global community. And as young people, we can't ignore the role that international young people in the global community played for us. Mm-hmm. And Very this, good. In the same way, we mm-hmm. can't ignore what's happening with Ferguson's in, in the United States, mm-hmm. what's happening mm-hmm. with Boko Haram in, mm-hmm. in Nigeria, mm-hmm. or just on our doorstep in democracy in, in Swaziland mm-hmm. or the Ebola outbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, we can speak about Iraq and, and Syria and, and the ISIS and children yes. getting killed or yes. the, the struggle of the Palestinian people, which Nelson Mandela also spoke about, mm-hmm. is that we need to appreciate as young people that we need to start shaping the intellectual global discourse mm-hmm. given our history, mm-hmm. given how unique South Africa's history is. Mm-hmm. And we can't do that alone. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to collectively sit back, reflect, and then say that we can do so much for young people throughout the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we'll start getting a young voice, a globally united youth voice, which is socially respons- responsible, which is intellectually critical critical mm. and more importantly morally conscious mm. because if you're guided by the right morals mm. then nothing should should stand in your way in realizing the ideals which many many great people stood for so i think as young people in south africa finally we need to realize that there's young people throughout the world who needs our help and that help could be in the form of, of boycott campaigns mm-hmm. or pickets mm-hmm. or messages of support or mm-hmm. financial support mm-hmm. but we need to start doing for the international community what the international community did for us in the late 80s and early 90s. I think that's an awesome thought with which to wind up this most interesting interview with Shafi Varachia, and that is he spoke about, and it really set deeply, it impregnated in my mind, the lack of heroes of today. And as you're hearing my voice, uh, through this um, uh, medium of global streaming, I would encourage everyone, uh, you are a potential hero. You really are. But uh, as Shafi has so ably elucidated, uh, do not fall into the corruption route. Do not fall into the route of wearing a mask. I encounter multitudes of people I sometimes speak to audiences of 10,000 or perhaps larger. And one of the things which I have noticed is that people so often wear masks. They are not the people they claim to be when these masks of deception or of corruption or of bribery or of guilt or of fear Enter in, and I think Shafi, you've done a magnificent uh, job in this uh, one-hour interview in perhaps highlighting the most important point to me, anyway, of the interview, and that is, we have youth, we have our youth of tomorrow, we have our youth of today, but we look up, where, oh where, oh where, where are our heroes, our mentors, those to whom we can aspire to. This is Professor David Block signing out.